informative podcast all about training working dogs look no further than the lwdg pod dog this weekly show is hosted by me joanne perrott founder of the ladies working dog group and i chat to experienced trainers and experts in the field who will give you helpful tips and advice whether you're just getting started or you've been working dogs for years this podcast will have something for you so pull up a chair pour yourself a cup of coffee and tune in to lwdg pod dog and let us help you build a better bond with your best friend. Right. Hello and welcome to another episode of LWDG Pod Dog. This week I'm very excited to be bringing you the amazing Louise Katoris, who is known probably globally for her work with Tales of a Lady Gun on Instagram. Louise has been really involved with the LWDG right from the very start. And I'm very, very excited to be working with her on a new project for our society members, where Louise is going to be our LWDG mindset coach. So, Louise, how are you? I'm very well, thank you, Joe. Lovely to be here. Now, I'm super, super excited, as you can probably hear from my voice, to chat to you about this and to develop this project. But before we go into what we're doing and why we're doing it, can you give people a little bit of your background? Absolutely. So um, before I went down my rabbit hole with dogs, um, my background was um, as a master practitioner in NLP, which is neurolinguistic programming and clinical hypnotherapy, which I stumbled into because I needed some help for my son at the time. And um, later sort of went on to qualify and all of that and spent time a lot of time working with people um fast forward on from there about nine years ago I got involved with the dogs and actually you know a lot of that uh mindset work has benefited me hugely in a very new world at the time of dealing with dogs so yeah now me and you are both mindset lovers we love self-development we've both trained in it But what I'm most excited about with this project, I think, is I think there's a huge connection, which I've watched over the last six years, even when we were just a Facebook group, of where people's dog training suffers from their belief in their own ability to do it. So our ideas around this sort of position, this new post as LWDG mindset coach, is to bring people weekly information on how they can overcome that. Because it is a real thing, isn't it? Oh, hugely. I mean, the way we think about anything on a daily basis, you know, from the minute you open your eyes to the minute you close them, we are constantly thinking. Um, But our Our brain is very hardwired to sort of only deal with the things that we need to deal with at any given time. Otherwise, our heads would never come off the pillow. Um, You know, and I think most people will be familiar with the sensation of getting into a car and driving somewhere. Um, And you may not remember the pink elephant with blue spots on it on the side of the road because your brain deletes information that it doesn't need. Um, And all of the routine and familiar things that we do um, are what's required there. But we think so much about many things, but I think one of the biggest little things I would say just at this point, just because you think it, it doesn't mean it's true. 
And this is, I think, the harder thing for men and women, but especially women, is when we are trying to train our dogs, A, we're normally a novice owner with a novice dog or pup, and we, but it's a little bit like the blind leading the blind. But on top of that is this overwhelming sense straight away that we are doing it wrong, we are getting it wrong, not giving ourselves any time to develop the skills we need. We are our worst enemies all the time, aren't we? Oh, the, the, the self-critic, um, that nagging inner voice, the self-sabotage that we all do um, to ourselves. And actually, if you were to say those things out loud to somebody in front of you, because if somebody was telling you that they had all these thoughts about something, you would go straight away to that positive way of thinking and say, why are you thinking that? Because you're so good at this and you have this skill and you have that value and you're very good with this and you're very good with that. You know, stop telling yourself these stories. And yet we do exactly that to ourselves. You know, so it's like we um, we don't give other people permission to say bad things about themselves. And yet we give ourselves seemingly full permission to give ourselves a really hard time and sabotage our thinking. So we have to unpick that. When I first met you, I met you um, indirectly on on Instagram and and I absolutely stalked you and the thing that I sort of started stalking you for and like attracts like without doubt I loved how you were with your dogs um I loved watching your little videos I loved how patient you were and how calm you were and you you really are still and you was then very much somebody I look up to and see as a mentor on my dog training journey I definitely without doubt class you as a friend I think what I loved even more than like the videos and the pictures and things though, was the stuff you wrote under it. Your own Instagram account is very much around helping people to see through things, isn't it? Yeah, very much. I think, you know, um, listen, my Instagram story started as um, a diary, basically, like many, many people would say, but I maintained that way of thinking and that sort of um because I, you know, for me, often when I take a picture of a moment um, or a little video of a moment, um, it reminds me of several things. And often what I put underneath there, it's not um, necessarily aimed at kind of other people, but I, I know that ultimately it does sort of benefit other people to sort of see things differently. You know, they, they say that a picture says a thousand words often, and it really, really does. So I think when I look at something, whether it be um, from something I'm doing with my dogs or something I'm doing with my family or something I see in nature, there is a message in there always. And it's a constant reminder. And I think this is where as humans, we kind of fail in terms of keeping our focus, keeping a healthy mindset because we allow everything to crowd in. And when that happens, it just gets very claustrophobic, very overwhelming. So we have to keep taking a step back. And as mad as it sounds, my little Instagram squares allow me to take a step back, even to the point that sometimes when life is very, very full, you'll see no posts from me because I don't need to be doing that because I don't have to do it. I don't, you know, I'm, it's not something I need to keep going. It's not a business thing, um, anything like that. It purely is, I'm listening to myself. So, and then other times I'll be there and I might post 10 times in one day. 
Um, but it's all relevant and it's all that kind of, you know, it's things that I know that in time to come, it's either pictures or videos or bits that I want to remember, but actually all the time, yeah, it's these little seeds that you throw out and it, and it helps. And, and it is really, really lovely because the community that's grown behind that, they're all still sort of there. And, it, and even to this day, I, it's, it's bonkers. You know, people go, oh gosh, you know, you really made me think about that in a different way, or that really reminded me of this or that time when, and do you know what? How fab is that to be able to do that just accidentally? You are absolutely right. Your squares always have this sort of positive message and they help to get people through difficult moments, I find. like I know for myself, when I was having a, a moment with the dogs, I would sometimes wake up in the morning and read what you've written and think, oh, just keep going. But I also love the fact that when you're busy, you see very little. And then when you're not so busy, you see more. It showed me that you allowed your dog training to fluctuate. You, it wasn't like so regimented. You weren't being hard on yourself. You couldn't get to it sometimes. Absolutely. Um, and, you know, it's the one thing which, you know, when you when I first came into dog work um, and, and this world, I didn't know that it was that's what I was doing. Um, you know, many people who will have followed my story, you know, they already know that, you know, but for those that don't and that are just listening, you know, I basically had three Springer Spaniel brothers. We went for a pair, ended up with three. And so clearly the writing was on the wall that I was going to be the mad dog lady at some point down the line. When we lost one at 12 years old, um, we got a puppy replacement because it didn't feel the same just having the two boys left. And I stumbled into puppy training, which happened to be with a gun dog trainer, um, breeder, et cetera, et cetera. He ran a shoot. I absolutely loved the training element and having this amazing connection, whether it's because I was at a time of my life when my children were all of a certain age, I had time and space to do that. Um, but I loved what was happening. I had no idea what he was talking about. Um, and he would use all the, this, you know, language, which I now is very, very familiar, but it certainly wasn't at the time. Um, and I just really enjoyed it and the passion kind of grew. But when um, you do reach a point whereby you are now fully fledged in it and, um, you know, it becomes a lot and then expectation starts to step in, which is what I didn't have to begin with because I didn't have any expectations of my dog, you know, but went and did a retrieve or not. It didn't matter to me because I had no expectation of what that would ultimately mean at, at the end of the day. Um, and I think so when it comes to training, you know, it's it's a bit kind of like I always think of it as like a graphic equalizer on the old hi-fi systems that we used to have shown my age here a lot. Um, but, you know, when you think of, you know, people who are mixing things on a deck, um, you know, it's very, very up and down, you know, very roller coastery. You know, it's not um, ever straightforward. And, you know, if you have just, you know, one or two dogs, then perhaps it's a bit more sort of simplified. But when you go bonkers like me and you have multiple dogs, but I just thought that is a way to, you know, to relearn, to reinvest. Every dog brought something different. And, you know, sometimes when I would hit a wall, yeah, you've got to take a step back. You've got to kind of go, whoa, okay. You know, and even if it's just the one dog you've got, when you when you hit this kind of what seems like either a plateau or a barrier or you're stuck, you know, that kind of sensation, just hands up in the air, take a breath, sit back and think, right, where are we? And actually what you need to do is remind yourself of what you've done and how far you've come to start with. Don't think about, 
being stuck, you know, think about how far you've come. Remind yourself actually that you and your, you know, because it's a twofold thing, isn't it? We're not just, we're training a dog, but we're also training ourselves to be handlers. And a lot of people in the LWGG are ladies, they are pet owners first, you know? So I remember distinctly going from being a pet owner, but I think it probably took me about five years before I actually could with confidence call myself a handler. How weird is that? You know, I'm like uh, eight years into my journey. And if people talk to me, I'm still like, oh, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm a complete novice. And But I think that comes from um, the pressure I put on myself for my dogs to be past good and to be excellent. And that mindset doesn't help me without any doubt. Um, But also, I think part of us doesn't ever want to say, and again, I think this is more women than men. We never really want to go, oh, yeah, I'm excellent at that. Like, you can talk to a a lot of men and they they don't have that confidence. People speak to a lot of men and they'll be like, yeah, yeah, I, I can do that. I can do that. I can do that. Women don't tend to be that forthcoming in their self-belief, do they? No, they don't. Um, and, and it is a sweeping generalisation, but men do generally tend to wear their egos on the outside and women will wear it on the inside. I think that we can be quietly confident about something. Um but I think we also kind of keep it real. Um, and that's okay, you know, keeping something real. It's only a danger if you are, um, you know, you let your sort of fears or that self-sabotage we were talking about earlier, you know, that inner chatter, um, that inner voice, the negative nagging voice that just kind of, you know, trips you up. If that's still present when you traveled quite some way into your journey, um, then I would say that's a standalone issue that needs sorting out and probably isn't just related to dog work that's a that's a you problem um and that needs a bit more digging away at I think that's absolutely correct like from a personal point of view and I'm happy to talk about it 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 is that thing you know when people say what are you scared of for me I know that I'm very very scared of not feeling over successful but for putting myself on a pedestal that maybe suggest that there's pride or ego for me I'm very or I try to be as humble as possible but the downside of that when we talk about balance is the fact that I can almost over humble myself I I won't accept as much as I should the journey that we've all gone on together so I think that it is that but I also think as well I know from my own training when I stand outside with my dogs when they do something fantastic, I'm really, really proud of them. But when it's going wrong, I sort of like, not beat myself about it, but I get really frustrated that I don't have the answers this long into it. And then I watch that within the group where people really don't, um, they let it hold them hold it back all the time. They just stuck on that, that mindset. The dog could probably go way further than it is if they could get over that hurdle. Yeah, you know, and it's, um, I've seen that rocking up in group training sessions over the years when I've been working with dogs and people. Um, And I've seen people literally from the minute they get out of the car, they are, they they do it in a joking manner, 
But nonetheless, they're being quite derogatory about, you know, oh, my dog's going to be like, you know, an absolute nightmare today, you know, and um, or let's see what this shitbag is up to today type of thing. Um, because it's almost like um, people set it up to buffer themselves to protect that, you know, actually, OK, so if my dog slips up, you know, I already said so. So I was right. Um, which goes to that place of people sort of feeling really uncomfortable about things going wrong. So, but all that does, if you set your mind up for something going wrong, you know, is sure as shit, it's going to go wrong. Um, so we have to become comfortable with, you know, and, and uh, with being successful. Um, and actually the word ego itself, I think we have a lot of value sets and beliefs around all kinds of things. And ego is one of those words where for the most part, People don't talk about it in a positive way, but actually ego is quite positive. It's just that we see um, that, that the word ego has been connected with vanity and, you know, sort of being self-fulfilling. But actually take some of that away and strip it back. Being self-fulfilling is actually very rewarding. Um, and I think because there are some physical and visual connections to ego, uh, we see it as a bad thing. But actually having a good ego is good for you. It's quite building, it's, it's a growth thing. So to be able to have a good ego and a good sense of self, because that's really where ego comes from, there's nothing wrong with that. But like everything else, we need to just keep it in check, you know, and I think we can do that. But all of this kind of, if you set yourself up from the minute you get to somewhere with your dog for a training session, and you're already thinking in your head about all of the variables that might go wrong, guess what? They probably are. It is funny how we sort of self-sabotage ourselves because I've spoken to lots of ladies who, just like me, might not say they're very um, very developed in their dog training or that they are at a certain level. And then you can be talking to them informally and ask them something and they will give you reams of really valuable information that really really helps you but if you then turn around and say well you know what you're you're on about you know your stuff they will literally shy away from it they're like oh no no I don't don't give me that label of of actually knowing what I'm doing yeah so okay look, listen you can be good at something so the classic example in dog world is the people that choose to just have working dogs in the shooting field be that you know sort of bigger shoots smaller shoots rough shooting walked up shooting and then you've got your people who like to do the working tests and trialing now so two very very different mindsets of people now there are a lot of dogs who work in a shooting field and could probably be a trialing dog or a working test dog and achieve certificates and blah 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 but you've got those people that just don't want that pressure. They don't need to prove themselves. Um, and that's not to say that people who are doing working tests and trialing have something to prove. Um, but sometimes they do have something to prove. And that's absolutely fine. But the people who sort of sit over in the camp of just enjoying what they do um, and you take some of that pressure away. But then there are other people who thrive on pressure you know, they're the people that are just a bit more relaxed about it. But nonetheless, actually, they can still be quite critical. I've seen people, you know, in a, in a, in a shooting environment who are, you know, quite rough with their dogs because, you know, the expectations there. So, you know, that's going to be across the board. Um, 
But actually, I think, you know, when we put ourselves under pressure, so you can be good at something. And I've come across many trainers who are really, you know, quite humble, you know, in their ways. And they don't have to have a big blaring, um, you know, business account that sort of shouts everything. Um, and I think a bit sort of like, um, you know, what you were talking about with yourself, you know, because you spearhead this wonderful group of women and it's something which is going, but your passion, and I think what always shines through is actually it's your passion for helping others. And whilst you do that, you're able to glean all of the nuggets and, um, you know, information that you need in order to get the best out of your dogs. So therefore, I know that you personally have never wanted to be seen as a gun dog trainer. But the reality is, is that you probably possess all the skills to be one, but you don't have to be one. And you see, these are the choices that we make. You can have a massive skill set, but it doesn't mean to say that you've got to have all of the lights, you know, that above your head, neon lights saying, look at me, look at me. Now, for some people, they might want that. And so for them, achieving all of these different things um, lines them up to be set in a business position, you know, um, with their dogs or whatever the business is, you know, but obviously we're here with dogs. So, and that's absolutely fine. And I think that people align themselves. So when we talk with the ladies often talk about finding the right trainers, we align ourselves with the people that kind of resonate, you know, with us, that they know their worth. And I think for a lot of our women, it is about kind of having the confidence to know your worth and then take it in whichever direction you want to. Just take it as enjoyment or take it off down a path where you can have goals and be successful and grow it to something else that you love. As always, wonderfully perfect advice. You talked a little bit there about the group. How did you get involved in the group to begin with? Yeah, it's really interesting because it feels like such a long time ago. And I think, and obviously where you started to do something on Facebook and I was, so if, if that was eight years and I would have been a year into mine, so I'm nine years um, this October, you know, for me, the whole world was, there was so much that was new. I knew literally nothing apart from, you know, working with the guy who I originally trained with. Um, and then not long after that, I started to learn to shoot and then, um, your little group popped up and of course and because it was ladies that was very much an appeal to me because at the time um you know we still know it is quite a male-dominated um arena but actually I think that's getting a lot less so year upon year um and we certainly have all kinds of you know shooting groups of women you know be that clays and games and dog work and we've got a lot of women trainers out there so we have a lot of choice now. I think a lot of the only thing that makes people stuck is geographics. Um, but yeah, I it was really nice to be amongst, um, you know, a growing group of women who talk the same language. You know, whenever I would put something in or something would be there, you know, everybody knew what they were talking about because it was just on the same level. And to be fair, I think that's remained you know, this whole time. And, and I think in, you know, the, the success of what you've done um, is been able to put this big template behind it. So whatever the question, we've got somewhere to guide our women to because there's a, there's a podcast for that or there's a video for that, there's a trailer for that. We've done a masterclass on that, you know, and but keeping on refreshing that because even in my world, you know, sort of training dogs and I've got 11 dogs now, 
it never remains the same. Everything always moves, you know, and you move. And as you grow, you know, remember when you first learned to drive, you know, you can technically drive, you've been given your pass certificate, you've been given the keys to your car, but now is where the real driving starts because experience starts to begin. And with experience, the further in you get, you start asking questions that you never would have asked on day one because they weren't even a thought, you know? You say we're driving there and just a little memory popped in. I like to share my little memories of dad. But I, when I was 16, I wanted to drive a moped because I wasn't prepared to wait to be 17. Um, and I went and took my test. So that I had to drive in front of the instructor and the instructor's like in a headpiece, he's telling you what to do. So I, the instructor's behind me and behind the instructor is my dad in the pickup following me. So we did the test and then we came back and the instructor passed me or the examiner passed me. And then I got in the car with dad and he said, rip that up because I followed the two of you and there's no effing way you should be on the road. <laughs> I was like, cheers for the vote of confidence. But thinking back, like it was that thing. Yeah, yeah. I had no clue what I was doing. And you literally, you know, as it was, I think they probably give everybody the pass because I was driving 29 mile an hour moped. I wasn't really going to do that much damage on, on the village roads. But looking back, you, you don't learn until you do and then you, to do, you've got to just have some confidence in yourself to just go do it anyway. Um, what, what is your plan now as we go forward for this new, like the whole idea of this mindset coach, like I said, is, is quite a new thing. But really, we just want to bring something to the Ladies Weekly where they have to think about what's going on between their two years, isn't it? Exactly. So I think it's about... Um helping women to process, I mean, you've, you've had some very practical things um, over the years to help with training programs um, and steps that people can take, you know, to make themselves accountable on a daily basis. These are all really good, practical, functional things that we can do, but often still lined up with that. We can have functional things, but then we ourselves get in the way. So, it's really about um, opening up a space for our ladies to share some of the things that make them stuck, make them hit a wall, make them hesitate. Um, and I think being able to help break down some of those things into a series of chunks, because I always have this thing in life, you know, so if you think about everyone understands the sensation of overwhelm. Yeah, so overwhelm can happen in your personal life, your business life, your hobby life, your relationships. It arrives absolutely everywhere um, at some point. So we need to break things down into bite-sized chunks. And overwhelm is basically your body, your mind. Um, it's giving you a signal to say, enough, I can't cope. I need to do something different. So we need to listen, you know, because when overwhelm hits us, so I think three key things there, you know, if you're somebody who is um, feeling overwhelmed, whether it be in your dog journey, your life journey, because the two cross over, remember, that in order for us to be able to enjoy doing what we do with dogs, we also are people um, outside of that. And we have relationships and families and work and, and et cetera, et cetera. And sometimes these things affect our quality time with our dogs. So it's important to understand that when overwhelm hits, we need to listen to it and address it regardless of where it started from. So one, control the controllables. 
Look at the things which are making you feel overwhelmed, control what you can, and then you need to park and dial out the things that you can't. Um, so park what you can't, but change what you can. Also know your limits and your boundaries with things. Sometimes I know that in my personal journey with working with dogs, and obviously I um, develop multiples, so, and I do breeding, and all of those different moving parts bring different scenarios and pressures and stresses um, to myself, to the rest of the pack, to my family. Um, but I know that actually they're all things that I can do. I just have to make sure that I manage them all well. You know, I've, nothing in what I've done has sort of said, all oh, right, you know, I, I need to just stop doing all of that um, because I don't, because I love it. I love it too much. But for people, you do need to understand that actually sometimes if you hit a limitation, so if you're stuck, you hit a wall or you hit a plateau, you know, what's causing that? Is it actually to do with your dog training? And if it is, um, look at some of the functional things to do with that. Am I stuck because I've run out of skill set information? I, I just don't know where to go. Then, you know, what exactly am I stuck on? Is it me? Is it the dog? Because remember, we're a team. So sometimes um, the issue lies with the dog, but then we start to feel it for ourselves. So then we take on board that, but actually park that because if it's to do with the dog, if you've, if you've suddenly developed a behavioral problem, um, then you need to address that, you know, seek expert advice if you need to, because it's something to do with that. But then if it's to do with you um, and then you're affecting the dog because the dog obviously feeds off of you, then we need to sort of, you know, do that. You know, notice when stuff gets heavy, um, you know, is it an emotional sensation? Or, you know, are you having an emotional response? Are you feeling something in some part of your body? Or is it, you know, to do with something functional, as I said before? Um, perhaps it's other people's opinions are weighing you down. Maybe your family or your partner, um, you know, or people in your training group, or maybe your trainer, you know, is, is, is telling you, oh, I'm, you know, I'm not really sure this is for you. You know, if you've entered an arena, a new one, and you're getting some negative feedback, you know, make sure it's, you know, make sure it's right. Um, you know, because sometimes these, you know, these things aren't. And, you know, sadly, we have got an, an awful lot of good trainers out there. But that's, you know, I, I have heard people, there are some trainers who, if they tell you that something's wrong or broken with your dog, then it's repeat business and you'll keep coming back, you know? So you just need to be mindful of some of those things that is it yours to own or is it somebody else? Um, you know, and sort of things like that. Cause we want to just dial back that self sabotaging, you know, that keeps popping up in our conversation. But yeah, really, I think this space is for our women and, um, you know, I'd like to see over the time we can, we can open up the gambits by sort of, helping people with something like that. I've taken just one topic of overwhelm, but there are many, um, you know, which help us to have, you know, good foundations. We know that um, repetition and consistency are the mother of all success of whatever we do in life, you know, so how do we go about doing that so we can do things like that, you know, bond building with your dog, you know, and this is a really interesting one because bond building, um, some people have a very natural aptitude with animals. And for some people, it takes a little bit longer because some people go into being with the dog and spending time with the dog by being too functionally minded, which um, 
you can't be. I've certainly learned, or dogs have taught me over time to be much quieter. And actually you spend a lot of time not saying hardly anything. And then what happens is you start to tune into each other. And, you know, I would, um, that's a whole other area that we can help women in learning how to tune into their dogs by noticing things. And a bit like the driving analogy we just used, once we know how to handle a dog in the basic sense of the term, we now need to have grow our experiences. But the only way we're going to notice a lot more with our dogs is if we're a lot quieter. Um, taking a step back, you know, teaching people how to take a step back rather than a step forward, because not everything is progressively forward. Sometimes we do need to take a step back. Um, whether it be to see the landscape differently or actually we just need a breather from it because sometimes we can go too hard and heavy even if it's something we love and we enjoy it can take over too much and sometimes we just need to take a step back um, but more importantly we need to enjoy the process the minute it starts to feel like it's hard work and it's not enjoyable you're going to feel it your dog's going to feel it frustration is going to set in and that just brings in a whole bunch of negative squatters in your mind and we don't want to give those the keys to your head. I think um, your negative squatters, <laughs> you can have hundreds of them, can't you? And I like what you say there about taking a step back and almost to take a step back, to take a step forward, just to be able to almost step back and non-judgmentally reflect on the situation because we can spend a lot of time right at that cold face pushing 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 and and not giving ourselves time to absorb the learning um the information that you're going to be producing is going to be uh in the membership in the library in the whole area for you called mindset matters which will be Louise's space to bring to us her knowledge and how it relates to dog training but what would you like people to do would you want people to comment on stuff how would you want the community to engage with you yeah definitely in, in any way shape they feel that they would like to because this is a you know it's their space you know it's everybody's space and we watch them use it freely in terms of all of the training um, and that's absolutely wonderful. And, you know, that's ultimately what we want. We want the women to feel confident um, and go about doing the things with their dogs that they want to. But that requires you to have a certain place in your head um, and a certain space in your life. Um, and I know that for me, when sometimes, you know, family life has taken over, you know, my kids have made me a nana over the last couple of years and I've now got two grandchildren. Um, and I have to find time and space for that as well. So sometimes we have to do a stock take of what we're doing in our life um, and then, you know, reevaluate and then, you know, reappoint time and space to the things that are important to us. Um, you know, and there's a whole bunch of other things that, you know, maybe your, you know, um, time and resources, they change because, you know, your life has changed, your work has changed, you lose a job, you get a different job, the hours are different. Um, et cetera, et cetera. Um, you need to be honest with yourself about what those things are and not give yourself a hard time about it and accept that it is the process of the onward journey. Um, you know, and you need to realize that actually, is this something I still want to do? Because sometimes actually, you know, the difficulty for women who have 
come a certain way with their dogs and life hits hard for something um we feel like actually our, our dogs are going to be a lot but you and I have both had conversations where you know health has been an issue family life has been an issue and whilst having to manage our dogs through that sometimes has felt a lot actually what they give back to us when we just let the reins go and say well do you know what I just need to be with you guys I don't need to be training you um, I just need to because actually once you've done all of the groundwork and you've got the foundations in place and your dogs are at where they're at um, you do have the freedom to be able to just enjoy them at those periods of time in your life whereby you can't focus on their training but actually you can still focus on being with them taking them out you can still do some simple stuff with them whistle turns the odd retrieve here and mark retrieve and throw retrieve whilst you walk and enjoy the great outdoors with them you know these animals um they're a part of our lives right they're not just you know training machines they become interwoven with our family life um and everything else that we do so therefore and they're always there for us and then there'll come a time when you're out of that wood and the sun starts to shine again and you kind of go oh wow this is brilliant and they're just still there and you pick it up where you left off and it's okay I think if you could speak to any working gun dog and say to them, like, I've got to take a couple of months off me for my health or whatever reason, I'm still going to love you dearly, I'm still going to feed you, we're still going to walk, we'll probably go to the beach a few times because I'll want to do things that give me headspace, do you mind? I think every single one of them would go, no, not a problem at all, let's go do that. We Again, it goes back to that pressure, oh my God, I've got to train. Well, your dog doesn't really care whether it trains or not what it cares about that it's loved and it's got time to do stuff yeah absolutely and I think there is a big danger I know that you know just because we have chosen this dog to have this particular job in our gun dog world um that's great for them and then they, they they love it and they can enjoy it but equally um yeah they just love being a dog you know, so if you can just love being with them and being a dog, then we've never failed, have we? And I think, you know, and this is the problem I think that some, you know, some women will have is that, you know, when life switches and changes, um, they think, oh, God, no, I'm not. That that's what my dog's used to. Um, no, your dog is just used to you being around. You know, if you can't, you know, do those bits of training for a little while, it doesn't care. You know, because as soon as you can, you will. And But you know what? Here's the thing. If you never can do that again, it still doesn't care. It just loves you. Yeah. Nobody told the dog. No, Neither of my dogs know they're working dogs. They just believe they're dogs. And I'm not even sure if they think they're dogs. They're just yeah. happy being, you know, again, it's, it's those human emotions or those human thoughts that we put onto our dogs thinking they think like that. They're very simple very clever creatures they don't overcomplicate life no they don't no they don't and I think you know and they you know dogs work off of patterns and I think so long as they you are always able to give them you know time and space you know how you fill that time and space um doesn't have to be detrimental to the well-being of the dog um you know and and, and, I, and I think you're obviously going to get it's interesting, actually, I was just on a shoot Monday um, and one of the guys in the picking up team, he brought out his 14 year old lab boy um, who literally looks like he's just kind of hobbling around. 
And the guy said to me, I went, oh, is he all right? And he went, he's absolutely fine. He said, you know, he'll just kind of roam around looking like a little cripple. <laughs> um, but the, the look on his face, if I leave him at home, um, is just, it's not worth not bringing him, you know? And I think he sort of just had the mentality um, that, you know, he just wants to be with him. And the most time, every time I looked up and saw him, he was just literally by his side because he knew that he physically couldn't do that. Um, you know, so dogs always make the right choice. And what that says to me is that this dog just wants to be with its owner. And you know what, if it, if it collapsed on the shoot field, what a place to go. You know, they just want to be with you. Absolutely. So this has been another fantastic podcast. For society members, you will be able to access Louise's information, her mindset coaching very, very soon. It'll be in the library under the Mindset Matters section. It'll be a mixture of different content so you can access it as and when you want to. Um, For those of you who are not members, who are ladies, we do have a three-day free pass available at the moment. It should have gone a long time ago, but I haven't had the time to take the website page down. So I will um, allow everybody to continue to enjoy that for a little bit longer, and then we will be removing it. So if anybody wants to get hold of Lou, obviously the members can get in, in touch with you within that community. If people want to follow you, like websites, Instagram, how do they find you? Yeah, so... Um... Instagram, I slightly changed my handle from Tales of a Lady Gun to Tales of a Gun Dog Lady, purely and simply because over the last couple of years, I've done very little shooting. Um, and that was just kind of, you know, circumstantial and just choices I made. But I wanted to remain, I'm one of these people that it shouldn't really matter what your name is. And obviously, people have known me that for the longest of time. So it's still the same sort of words, just mixed up a little bit with more of the emphasis on the dogs because that's really where I'm at and that's you know and, and that's that's true of the journey so tells of a gun dog lady on Instagram which is where I'm mostly at and just a wonderful example of evolution things don't have to stay the same they don't thank you very much for a wonderful wonderful podcast thank you all for listening we hope that you've enjoyed this week's if you have any comments any feedback please let us know if you want to be on our email list so you know information about when things are going out what's going out please go to our website www.thelwdg.com sign up for our email list and we will keep you updated we will never spam you we just send a once a week it's meant to be sometimes once a fortnight depending on how busy i've been but it's normally once a week email newsletter what's going on where it's going on and how you can get involved so i hope you've all enjoyed and we look forward to speaking to you next week thank you for listening to lwdg pod dog with me joe parrot now we all know training a dog takes time energy and patience but our lives can be really really busy don't worry the lwdg has got you covered join us for our free planning workshop where we'll show you how to use short 10-minute training sessions each day to fast-forward your dog's education. Our experts have years of experience in training dogs and will help you get started on the right foot. Register now and start making progress with your furry friend today. Go to our Facebook page, The Ladies Working Dog Group, and click on the pinned post or visit www.thelwdg.com.